Welcome to Just Flex It. We're here with Chris Gronkowski, NFL veteran and current founder and CEO of Ice Shaker. He's played for the Dallas Cowboys, Indianapolis Colts, and the Denver Broncos. And we are here live from the penthouse at the Arlo Hotel in Midtown, New York. And just the great, the great story of, of, of our getting to know one another. You've actually known me in Austin for quite a while, since really the beginning of Flexit and that history there. So I've always been curious, what have you seen in Flexit and in us that, you know, it was, it was worth you collaborating with us so early on? Man, a, a, a family friend, or I guess a friend of a friend. It was uh, all really needed to make me realize that you guys have something cool going on uh man you guys are grinders for sure though that's that's what i liked about it too uh always trying to think of new ideas always doing something cool and uh yeah we're going to radio shows man like we're, we're jamming out like or tv shows like it, it, it was crazy early on and uh it's been cool just to watch you guys continue to grow even through the craziest times you could imagine man like you know no one knew what was going to happen with the pandemic and you know, with the business you guys started where you were at, like it, it, it was an absolute killer. And here you guys are still just finding ways to just grind through it. You know, you, you were interested and involved in Flexit early on when um, we had the in-gym access product. We we're doing by the minute access to gyms and studios. And we were collaborating on, you know, co-branded uh, ice shaker bottles and other really cool stuff. And then like you were mentioning that we, we had changed the direction of the company because when all the gyms closed, you know, there was no way for people to use Flexit. We used to just call that Flexit. Now we call it in-gym access and we created a kind of virtual personal training. So I guess that kept, that's a lead into a question here about what keeps you accountable to working out? Because you have a busy family life, uh, both with you know your specific household, but also with the bros and all this business stuff and entrepreneurship. So what do you do to, to stay accountable? Man, so for me, it's, it's all about schedule. Like if I, if I have a schedule and I put it on the schedule, I do it, man, is what it comes down to. So I find a time in the day I set it and I say, hey, these are my days that I'm going to be working out. These are the times. This is my time block for it. So I'm so busy now that if I don't do it, it's never happening. Uh, so I get on schedule. And then I start also just planning out when I'm eating, stuff like that as well, what I'm going to eat, macros, stuff like that. And once I have a plan, the plan happens and the plan works. But if you don't have a plan, you just kind of, you don't do anything. You, you kind of just say, hey, I'll start tomorrow. So I always tell people, get a plan, write it down. If you actually do the work to build the plan, you're going to actually go do the work as well. And what was the first spark for you to, to start Ice Shaker? Man, I was here in Texas. It was super hot out. I grabbed a bottle, went to the gym. And by the time I got there, the water had melted or the ice had melted. It was sweating everywhere. I was making little sweat rings on the ground. I was actually doing like little dumb designs, man, like a little kid or something. But every time I went to bench, I put the bottle down and make a sweat ring. Yeah, I do the same thing after every set. And I was like, man, there's got to be something better out there. So went home that day, looked, and there was just nothing out there that was insulated that would also mix or blend a, a powder. So at that point, uh, decided to go on what I thought would be a, a super easy journey <laughs> and, and make my own shaker bottle. And uh, it ended up being a lot harder than I thought, but um, you know, it ended up being one of the greatest things I started. So it wasn't because your wife said, don't leave rings on the table? Man, it, it was more like, hey, don't leave like 50 different bottles in the sink every day. So that, that was definitely a part of it as well. So, Chris, you've got the best shaker bottle from experience here. Uh, you've got the best shaker bottle on the market. T tell us about the Shark Tank episode, which, in my opinion, is the greatest episode of, of Tank uh, <laughs> that I have ever seen. And, and how transformative that was for you as a business and entrepreneur. 
Yeah, man. The episode, it was, it was awesome. Uh, Shark Tank is everything they say it is. You go on there, the money's real. I mean, the whole show's real. Like there's, there's nothing staged about it. People think it's staged and, you know, they think, um, like you just go on there and you know it's fake money or something like that. Even my brother Rob thought it was fake money. He didn't even realize that like this is a real deal until we actually got up there. And uh, after we got the deal, I was going crazy. He's like, "Man, I didn't realize how legit this is." But uh, it's legit, man. It's real money. You know, they they drilled me for probably forty five minutes to an hour about everything I've ever done uh, from little kid all the way through high school, college, after college, after NFL, all that. So. Uh, the real money came in and also it's real exposure. You know, 5 million people watch that when it airs that week uh, that you then get the reruns, you get everyone that's recorded it watching on Hulu, Hulu as well. And, you know, for us, six months into the business, it went from uh, a business where I was shipping stuff out of this upstairs in my house to a, to a full-time thing where, you know, we needed employees to continue to grow and, you know, keep this thing rolling. So uh, it was massive, man. Absolutely massive. Um, I guess what people don't realize is that you don't just chill after you get on Shark Tank. That's when the real work begins. You know, everything explodes, but so does the amount of work. I mean, you 20x your styles, you also 20x the amount of work that comes with it. So uh, the next couple of months were an absolute grind, man. I probably was working 100, 120 hours a week. I don't even know if I slept sometimes, man. It was just go to bed at midnight, wake up at 6 a.m., go right back to work. So Chris, tell us a little bit about what fitness, um, the commitment, dedication, motivation that comes with fitness, eating right, hitting your workouts, hitting the workouts so you don't feel like hitting, sports, playing professional sports, how that's translated to you as being an entrepreneur, a business owner, working, grinding it out 100, 120 hours a week to get the product, the vision that you have out into the world and to scale that. Yeah, I mean, you definitely learn as an athlete discipline. Uh, you learn hard work. I mean, as a football player, I, I don't think people realize, but you know, you're usually there at 6 a.m., usually leaving at 6 p.m. And just the the physical, but also the mental aspect of it is a grind. You know, you have to learn a lot. You have to know a lot going into it. And then you also have the physical component where you kind of just get beat down every single day and you have to bounce back from that. So if you can survive that, especially in an NFL camp, uh, you're pretty good to, to do anything after that. So um I definitely took that that hard work and, and that discipline, put it into business. Uh, the one thing I didn't do a great job was of that I, I should have been better with was building an actual team. You know, as an athlete, you're in this amazing organization, but you're a player. You, know, you don't realize what it's like to be a coach and how to actually build a team and motivate. Uh, so when I left, you know, and started the business, when I was doing 120 hours a week, I, it should have never been like that. You know, after a shorter period of time, I should have been able to hire and build a team and help me out and really help me scale. So it slowed me down at first. Uh, it really took me about three years to realize that, hey, this should be the same thing as, a, as an NFL locker room. This should be a team. I should now be the coach now instead of the player. And once I started doing that, everything changed. Everything really started to, to skyrocket, man. So that's that's been pretty cool. So I say that uh, you know, that was probably the biggest thing I learned from the NFL. It just took me three years to actually implement it into my business. The good news is it's never too late. Um, curious about, you know, going back, I mean, you, you have a unique perspective on fitness, right? You grew up in a fitness and sports family. Uh, the family's been in the business of fitness for a while, Gronk Fitness. But just tell us about in the early days, how you like what it was like getting into sports and, you know, 
being running around the house in the yard, playing sports with the bros, you know, what getting into fitness was like for you, what it meant to you. Uh, just want to hear a little bit more about that evolution for you, which is you've got a super unique vantage point there. Yeah, for sure. So my dad's been in the fitness industry for 32 years. Um, what's cool about it is, and sports all came about really because there's five brothers and five boys that just fought all day and competed in everything. And uh, once we got to that high school level, my dad said, hey, let's take this to the, the next level. And to do that was, you know, it was training. You had to work out if you wanted to get to that next step to become more explosive and uh, faster, more powerful, all that. So he went to buy us fitness equipment and he had to drive to New Jersey to get it. So from Buffalo, New York, drive to New York or to New Jersey and, and get fitness equipment that would actually last for five kids. You know, you could go to, you know, a Sears or something like that snag some low end equipment, but there's no chance, you know, I was going to get through five boys. So uh, he wanted the good stuff. He played at Syracuse um, university himself. And it's like, I want Olympic style equipment. I want good stuff for my kids to use. So uh, that all kind of just came about then where, you know, he just showed us how to lift the proper way. And then he let us take it from there. So uh, lifting became pretty, pretty essential for us and, and just became another competition for us as well uh, in our basement. And, that really then led us to the next level. You know, that's how we got to the, the D1 level was, hey, get in the basement, work out. You have an advantage on, uh, against other kids your same age now because you guys are putting in that work. You're getting bigger, you're getting stronger, and the other kids aren't. So that compiled with, um, I think, something that my dad did for us as well that really took us to the next level was getting us a speed coach. Uh, back then, especially when um, – you know, you're young, but back then they're really, at least in Buffalo, New York, no one had a speed coach. Like that wasn't even a thing, man. I, I, I see it now and I'm in Texas now with my kids and everyone seems to have some kind of coach. But back then it was like something completely brand new, never seen it before. And uh, at that age, you can learn so much technique that makes you better. Uh, so once we started doing that, our speed dramatically increased. So between lifting and running and learning the correct techniques on both lifting and running, it really skyrocketed us to that next level and really helped us get those D1 scholarships. So five boys, how competitive did it get between you all? Man, every day was um, an all-out brawl is, is what it came down to. Like if there was a full day when we didn't fight, it was it was weird. Like that that wasn't normal. So uh, everything became a competition. You know, between you know who could eat more, who could eat the fastest. You know, who was better at backyard? We just made up games, backyard baseball. We played like mini sticks in the basement. And, uh, you know, everything was you had to try to beat your older brother. If you couldn't, then you at least try to beat his friends who weren't as athletic as us. And then, you know, you just couldn't let the little brother beat you in anything, man. So if he did, it just became an all out brawl. You just fight instead. So what's it like now? You guys still carry that competitive? <laughs> <laughs> so once, uh, once we got to high school, we started playing on teams together, it kind of changed where, you know, we took that aggression out on our opponents instead. And plus at that point, uh, you know, Rob got really big in high school. So as my younger brother, I was like, yeah, I'm good, man. Like we don't really need to fight as much anymore. <laughs> almost twice my size. So it was all good, but um, no, man, it's, it, it became that aggression became more like a, a supportive factor for us uh, as we went on and, and played together. And man, when you go through tough times, together and you put that working together you become really close as well and you have a lot of respect for each other so people ask me all the time like are you jealous that your brother's better than you at football i'm like no nah, i'm proud man that's that's amazing that he was able to go to that level 
and I was able to compete with them and, and help them get there as well. So uh, definitely, definitely super supportive as we got older instead of uh, trying to fight him every time he beat me. And one of the themes we consistently cover is around accountability. And it's interesting because it's a different type of accountability. It's competitiveness. So I'm curious of how um, the, the competitiveness has evolved to support as you guys gotten, have gotten older. It, man, like the accountability factor was, I love playing with my brothers. That was the biggest thing about playing with your family members. It, at the college level, uh, unfortunately, I didn't get to play with them at the NFL level. I wish I did, but... But that accountability factor is huge. I mean, every day we're in the weight room together, working out, trying to beat each other and everything. You know, we're showing up, making sure you're there, you're putting in the work. You know, there was never a day off. You know, we always competed every single day, whether it was, you know, bench, squats, cleans, you know, just running, just the just the warm-up drills we sit there and compete in. So I, I always said, man, having a brother on the team always elevated us to the next level because you never – you never wanted to walk in the film room and, and just have a bad play because your brother's just going to be like, bro, what are you doing, man? Like, what, 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 oh, he's going to rip on you. He's going to tell your other brother. He's going to tell the family. Like, everyone's going to hear about it if you, if you're slacking. So I always thought that was the, the best accountability factor there possibly was. And I thought if I was able to play with my brothers at the NFL level, it would have definitely helped elevate us as well there. So, how, how's family stuff carried forward for you? Um, you know, super close with your brothers it's incredible how close you guys have stayed and supporting each other and everything that each of you has going on and working on various ventures with one another but we'll love to hear like how does that translate for you now and your family you've got young kids uh you know just just kind of want to hear how that how that's carrying forward for you given everything that you know you've been given and you've learned and the awesome experiences you and your brothers have had yeah, man, it's going to be it's going to be interesting. So I got three boys now, uh, fourth one on the way, which is actually the fourth one's a girl. So wow. uh, the family dynamics are going to change yes. pretty quickly. over here. So that's going to get super interesting, super quick. But, um, you know, the biggest thing and the hardest thing, I think, for me is going to be making my kids earn everything that they have, like my, my family did, my parents did with us. You know, my my dad worked two jobs for six years. They really didn't have anything to give us when we were super young. So uh, my mom would sew our socks back together. You know, she'd sew our sweatpants, you know, the holes in our knees. And, uh, you know, we, we grew up with, with very little. So what it did was it, it taught you the value of a dollar and it taught you hard work. We didn't get handed anything. If we wanted, you know, to go to college, it was cool. Hey, get a scholarship. If you want a new car, awesome, get a job. Um, and once my, my parents did get money, it, nothing changed though. It was still all about, Hey, if you want it, you got to earn it. So uh, now, once you have kids and you have money and you can give them whatever you want, it's very hard not to. But if you do, you know, they don't learn that same responsibility. They don't learn the value of a dollar. They don't learn that hard work. So uh, that's what I'm trying to do with my kids is just make sure that they earn everything they have. And it's not easy, man. It's easy to say it's hard to do it. But there's always that one kid growing up that had everything. The parents were rich and, you know, they, they just never turn out to be be great, you know, so. I want to make sure I instill those same principles in my kids that my my parents did with me and, and my brothers. And I think that's why we've all been able to go on and be successful even after sports as well. So what what's coming up next for you? Uh, you know, incredible career, football career you've had, post-football life, right? Ice shakers everywhere now. We're pumped to see how it's grown and changed over the last couple of years. But what can we expect to see coming out from you now? Man, it's, it's just it's just getting better, man. Um, 
for us now, it's it's all about building a team and the team's just going to keep growing and growing and growing. So, uh, like I said before, it probably took me three years to actually realize how to build a team and what a team feel should be like. And now we're just continuing to add those pieces every day. So I think it's just the beginning. Um, we have a really cool five year plan. Uh, everyone's on board. It's it's been really it's fun again, man. Like, I feel like I'm walking in a locker room and that's how I want it to be. So for me, I'm going to ride this thing out as long as I can until that feeling's gone until I don't feel like I'm walking into a locker room anymore. Yeah. And are you dropping an ice shaker NFT pretty soon? Man, we haven't tapped that yet. Uh, we're doing some cool partnerships, but, um, you know, we are dropping an officially licensed, uh, U S army camo bottle, uh, pretty soon here. So that's pretty cool. Uh, we're starting to do some other stuff. I'm, I'm trying to get in with the WWE. Uh, and I'm looking into um, some other cool partnerships with like Super Mario Bros, stuff like that. So we'll see. We'll see where we get to. But um, that's that's kind of where I see it right now. I, I don't see the NFT world. Uh, I don't I don't know if it fits with our brand, but I definitely see some other really cool partnerships on the horizon. Yeah. And in just last few minutes here. Um, so not everyone might know this, but you had a very different body type when you were in, in the pro in the NFL and you were a pro guy, you were just much bigger. So like, what's that been like, what's that been like, you know, kind of, I guess, cutting back your body fat, you know, getting more command of your body weight. Cause I mean, I saw how you train, you always shared on social media, you do a lot of body weight, a lot of band work, and you do a lot of heavy lifting, of course, but I'm curious of how your, your view of fitness has evolved since the pro days. This completely changed, man. So pro days and, and lifting for football was all about just being explosive. So you wanted to move the most amount of weight. Uh, it really wasn't about endurance because if you think about an NFL play, it lasts 15 seconds and then you have a 45 second break. So that's how I always trained. So everything was low reps, high weight. You know, we're going to squat a house, but we're going to do two reps. Uh, because of that, I was massive. You know, I could move a lot of weight, but I didn't look great. Uh, yeah, I was, if you just saw me on the street, you'd be like, man, that guy's big, but you know, I don't, I don't know if he's strong or just fat or what, what's going on with him. But, you know, I could definitely move some weight. So after that, um, I, I wouldn't even say I was, I was healthy, man. Like, if you look back at my pictures, people are like, man, you look older when you were 20 than you do when you're 30. It's like, like, yeah, I know. I was just, I was that big. So, um, afterwards I, I feel like I learned how to train the right way and also eat the right way. Because when I was playing, I could eat whatever I woke up every morning. I ate bacon, man. They give you all you can eat buffets. I would just sit there and eat bacon just because I had to keep calories. I had to weigh, you know, 245 pounds so that I can move linebackers out of the way. Uh, so once I got done playing, I was like, you know, let's actually learn how to eat the right way. Let, let's see what it means to, to eat the right amount of carbs, proteins, fats, and eat them at the right times before workouts, after workouts, and, and really kind of dig down and actually <laughs> research this stuff. So I did a lot of that. It took me about three years to actually lose all the playing weight and get into good shape. But what ended up happening was I had the muscle mass. It was just covered by a lot of fat. So once I lost that, I got really <laughs> shredded and everyone's like, man, like you should go play. I'm like, no, I shouldn't go play. Like I, I weighed that much before and I looked like that because that's what I had to look like to play. And now I just look, I look like what I look like to feel good and, and feel good about myself and, and be healthy at this point. And what's your advice to people who are trying to get into working out right here? Flex it. We're all about helping to motivate, hold people accountable. We want people to get off the couch, start moving, do a little bit more, live a healthier life. You know, what's your advice, right? You've been doing this a long time. You're so good at it. 
But for people who are newer to it or having trouble getting out of a funk, getting into a routine, you know, how do you advise they start moving a little bit? They don't have to push as much weight as you, but they just got to get up and get going. Dude, first, first off, find like what you actually like doing. Find what's fun because if you don't like lifting weights, you're not going to do it no matter what. You know, you can you could say you're going to, you're not going to. So, you know, if it's basketball, play basketball. You know, if it's if it's you know riding a bike, ride a bike. But find something and try new things until you find something that you actually enjoy doing. I play basketball because I hate doing cardio, but I'll play basketball and I'll run like three miles in 30 minutes. I don't even know it. I'm like, this is awesome. You know, so there's, there's things that you can do that you're going to end up liking, um, you know, jump roping something I picked up recently where I'm like, man, I, I hate running, but I could jump rope and burn just as many calories. And I don't feel like I'm, I'm doing as much. So find what you like doing first off. And then second off, um, I always say again, put, get put on paper, make an actual plan. And then if you really want to stick to it, find someone else to do it with you. You'll find that accountability partner, make someone else commit to it as well. And then if you both commit to it, you know, you both can't back out, right? You know, one of you's going to push uh, the other one to that that next level. So that, that's how I say, if you're starting right off the bat, get a trainer, get it someone that's going to hold you accountable and then, you know, get a game plan and then third, find something that you actually like doing. Yeah, I think that's great. I mean, it hits at the core of what we're trying to do, right? Bringing people and trainers together. We want more people to have access to personal training. It's not something that only a small part of the population should have access to. So I think you hit the nail on the head there with accountability. Um, in, in the closing here, Chris, just you know, been such a great friend and part of the community for a while. What do you want to leave people with today? Man, leave people today. I would say just get started. That, that's that's what I tell people all the time. Like, just actually don't don't say like, hey, I'll start Monday. Like, just do it now. Like, get up and just put it on the calendar and do it tomorrow or do it today if you can, if there's still time left in the day today. But that could be something as simple as just getting outside and taking a walk today. You know, anything small just to take you a little bit up from where you're at right now is going to help. And then it's going to become contagious and you're just going to start working out and you're going to feel good about yourself. You're going to realize how much better you look, you feel, uh, your relationships with people and you're just going to keep going. So just get started today, though. Don't be that person that's like, oh, we'll just we'll just start Monday because it's never going to happen if you say that. Yeah, I mean, that's our belief is don't let something go to tomorrow that you can knock out today. Book it in. Get your VPT in. Book. Hey, let's do it. Let's do it. Thanks, Chris. It's uh, it's a blast to have you on I'm here. Look forward it. to having you back on soon. And we'll do part two for again. sure. And we a regular on this. It's Chris Gronkowski, part two, Flex a friend, founder and CEO of Ice Shaker. Thank you, Chris. Good stuff as always. Thank you, guys. I'll talk to you soon. A lot. See ya. Woo. Thank you for tuning in to the latest episode of the first season of Just Flex It. I'm Austin Cohen. And I'm Justin Turetsky. Don't forget to hit that subscribe button. Follow our socials at flexit underscore fitness and keep up with us online at flexit.fit. That's flexit.fit. Thank you.